Welcome to the Dirt Show brought to you by Pulver's Towing. This weekend we're going to hear part two of my interview with four-time Indy 500 winner Al Unser. We're also going to hear from Randy from Deer Creek Speedway, Tyrone from Mississippi Thunder Speedway, and a little more about our Dirt Show title sponsor, Pulver's Towing, right after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, Ethan. New boat? Hey, Owen, yeah. Just getting her ready to head up north. She's a beaut. Where'd you get them nifty boat numbers done? Sign Pro Oatana. Bet that cost you a boatload. You know, it really wasn't all that spendy. Really? Emma, check out Ethan's new boat. Hey, Ethan. Hey, Emma. A new boat? Oh, for fun. See them decals he got at Sign Pro? Of Oatana? Yeah. Nifty. That's what I said. Nifty. You know, Natalie had Sign Pro put a logo on her car for her home business. What's she do? She knits Afghans. Sign Pro of Oatana even drew up the logo because she didn't have one yet. Was it nifty? Oh, you betcha. It was real nifty. Not too spendy? No, not too spendy, but it sure was nifty. 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 If you need custom numbers for your boat, ATV, or snowmobile, graphics for your commercial vehicle, signs for your building, or just a banner for an upcoming event, call Sign Pro of Oatana at 507-444-6261. And we'll take Take care of all your sign and graphic needs. Sign Pro of Oatana. Nifty, but not too spendy. Pulver Motor Service is far more than towing and recovery. Pulver has the versatility and tools to move anything with wheels. Why should you invest in a truck and trailer when for a fraction of the cost, Pulver can move your heavy equipment to the job site and back? With our years of experience and investment in equipment, Pulver Motor Service isn't limited by size, weight, or distance. See for yourself at pulvermotorservice.com. Contact us today and find out how we can help move your business forward. A car guy will never forget their first hot rod, Richard Petty's STP car, or Don Garland's Swamp Rat. If you race a car or own a car that means something to you, then CS Customs can capture those memories in a custom die cast. CS Customs are locally owned and work with you directly to get the details just right. If you're into cars, racing, or just looking for something unique for an event or your business, then you need to contact Chris Stangler at 612-965-0892 or see Chris Stangler's Customs.com. Hi, this is Jim Mizgin from Mizgin Auto Parts. Mizgin Auto Parts has been buying junkers and providing parts to our customers since 1972. And our other vintage lot down at Glenville, M2 Auto Parts, with used parts for all years of vehicles and recycling services. Mizgin Auto Parts recycles smashed, rusty, worn-out cars, trucks, and ag equipment. And we ship out parts daily. Call us today, 684-2100, or check us out at Mizgin.com. The difference between a Hitchman fire suit and others? The difference is safety. All Hitchman fire suits are made with materials that are permanently fire resistant. That's why Nomex remains the standard. The difference is experience and innovation. Hitchman started the racing suit industry over 80 years ago. The difference is quality, value, and customer service. Your suit is an investment in your safety, and Hitchman is committed to giving you the safest and best racing suit, along with friendly personal service. Hitchman, why settle for anything less? Hey, this is Dave from Severson Oil, VP Racing Fuels, and you're listening to the driver segment on The Dirt Show. Welcome back to part two of my interview with four-time Indy 500 winner, Al Unser. Last September, we visited the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum on our way to Eldora Speedway and looked at both your 70 and 71 winning cars sitting side by side. Many people may have thought 
they were the same car, but they were not. And I'm sure from a driver's standpoint, when you get in the car, they are drastically different. Well, that they are. Every year, Indianapolis was a racetrack that seemed to change every day differently from making the car handle to not handling, as we call it, you know. And it was a strange place. And so that car, the two cars were different. And tiny suspension changes that we thought would make the car faster and better. Well, it did in the long run, and sure enough, you know, we were able to win the race again in 71, and I thought, boy, this is neat, you know, to be able to win back-to-back. Wait till next year. We'll just show them again. Well, it didn't work out like that from thereafter for a long time. (laughs) The Yells-Parnelli-Jones Ford race team. What a team. How did that all come together? Well, I was back there running... I think tire testing one time with McNaughty, and George McNaughty said, I've been approached by Bell and Parnelli Jones about joining their team, you know, and becoming a main part of it. And I said, well, George, it's up to you. You know, it's not my decision because he was the mechanic. He knew what we should do and what we shouldn't do. So, you know, we just ended up getting together, and, and of course, we did it in in, uh, 69, and then that year, the year I broke my leg on the motorcycle and then ended up winning the race in 70 and 71, and, you know, we just went on, and we built a new car in 73. Mario Andretti joined the team, and Mario wanted Morris Philippe, who was a race car designer and he didn't design a good car in 72 and 73 and then we finally went to the different car in 74 but uh, it's it's really strange how that all turns about you know back in those days everybody designed their own car and did their own thing engines and chassis and today it's all computer-operated race cars, engines and chassis. They're all the same. So it's quite a bit different today. I think the full-size Dirt Champ cars are some of the most beautiful racing machines ever built. The blue and yellow number two Johnny Lightning Champ car. What are your memories with that machine? Well, now, there's a race car that I love the dirt, just like you said, that the but a race car on a mild dirt track is very, very difficult to make it handle to start with. And with the team that I had at my disposal with George McNaughty and Mel and Parnelli Jones, George had Grant King build the car in the first year. We won a couple of races in 69 with it. And then we came back in 70 and won every dirt race there was that year. And it was just one of those satisfying deals. The dirt races are hard, very difficult to run for 100 miles. You don't stop the fuel. You don't stop the rest. You don't do anything. And they're very hot inside the cockpit sitting in there because it's a front engine. And there wasn't any way to get rid of the heat from the engine itself and the exhaust and everything. 
but it was it really is a thrill if I'd have had my choice, I would have run all dirt all the time. I just loved it. That car and I got along very well and and we made it happen. The white Viceroy Champ car and running with Mario. How did that team develop and what are some of your memories from that era? Well, when Mario joined the team in 72, the first thing he said, he says, I want one of those dirt cars at Al because he was a true racer. Mario was, you know, you put him in anything. It didn't make any difference, and he's still like that today. You put him in a race car, whether it's a stock car, whether it's a midget, sprint car, champ dirt car, anything, he'll make it go fast. He was just one of those drivers that had that talent, and the whole team came together, and Mario says, i got to have one of those dirt cars, Val, Parnelli. So they built him one. And so between the two of us, there's nobody ever beat us. You know, the next year, you know, he won or I won. This made it a fantastic combination. Mario was a strong race car driver. Brothers at Indy, was that an advantage or a disadvantage. I would imagine at a place with that kind of speed and danger, you definitely had some concerns about each other's safety. Well, Bobby and I always were competitors towards one another. I mean, Bobby wouldn't give me any of his secrets, and I sure wouldn't give any of mine to him. But yet we had to be careful around each other because of the press and, and the... the Spectators themselves, we didn't want to start having a family feud. So we was always very careful around each other. But being competitive against each other, boy, there wasn't anybody any stronger than Bobby and myself against each other, I'll guarantee you. He'd cheat if he could just outrun me. (laughs) That sounds like every typical brother in America. That's right. (laughs) My perception of you was fast, methodical, and sized up your opponent, then struck. You were someone who seldom got themselves into a bad situation because to finish first, you have to first finish. Is this how you feel about yourself as a driver? Well, I can look back and say yes. I don't know if at the time when you're talking about whether I really thought that, but I think I did. Because if you damage the car or mistreat the race car, you're not going to finish. They were highly horsepower motors, and you had to be careful with how you shifted them at Indianapolis, where you took care of the transmission. And on the dirt, you had to be careful of not over-revving the engine and things like that. So... I think that you just had to be very careful of what you did, yes. The IROC series. Many young fans do not remember that series. I thought it was a great concept. Equal cars, equal drivers, different tracks, and see who wins. What are your thoughts on that series? Well, I think it was a good series. In other words, you have to remember... You run against NASCAR, you're going to their tracks, their home, whatever you want to call it. 
you're running against the very best in NASCAR. Well, it makes it difficult. If for days, I wish they had just run dirt cars or Indy cars. Then you'd have seen the difference, you know, saying, well, there's some stock cars this week or the IROC cars and Indy cars next week. Well, it didn't work out like that. But it was a good series. Bobby won it. I won it. And my son won races in it in the series. It was a fun deal. I think really enjoyed it. At least I did. And I think 90% of the other drivers did too. 1987, your fourth win at the Indianapolis 500. Was that win the sweetest? Because you were hanging around that week without a ride and you ended up in victory lane. How did that all play out? That's a very deep subject because I was going to run for Penske that year and Roger hired Danny on Gaius or paid the money. Somebody did. Ted Field, Danny's car owner at that time. And then after Roger called me up and he says, Al, I've just been offered for the third car. He says, and I'm going to have to, i, I got to take it. It helped pays the bill. I said, well, I understand, Roger. He was always fair with me. And every race driver that he, I think, ever has run for Roger Pence, he's fair with him. So when he let me go, then I probably had 10 to 15 rides offered to me. And once you win at Indianapolis, you think that you know basically what it takes. At least you hope you do. And that's the way I was. I turned down all these rides. And then when Danny on Gaius crashed, and then later on the second weekend coming up of practice, they didn't release him. The medical staff at the Speedway didn't release him because they said he had a brain damage, you know. So anyway, they didn't release him. And then Roger called me and said, I've got a third car. It's uh, 86 marks that Rick Mears run the year before. And he says, would you drive it? I said, Roger, yes. For you, yes. And that's the type of ride I was looking for. And those rides are hard to find at the speedway. There's only three or four of them floating around. Good, good, good team. And you always want to be on that team because it betters your chances of winning. So... We worked out a deal, and I end up winning the race. And Michael would have finished that year. I couldn't have beat Michael or Mario. They were both very strong, but they didn't finish. They had car problems. Well, there it was. I'm running first, and, and Roberto Guerrero's running second, and he can't close in on me and end up winning the race. And I think that was one of those really self satisfying deal because of the way it all came about and ended up winning the race. I started 23rd, I think it was. And you just don't start that far back in those days and are able to win a race. And I did it, and it really made a satisfying month of May. Commentators. Wow, there are some great ones. Chris Economaki, Kurt Gowdy, and my favorite, Jackie Stewart. What are some of your favorite media or off-track stories hanging out with those guys? Oh, my gosh. They all had a 
method of a way of asking you questions when you won the race, and very seldom they ever came over when you lost. It was always you had to win to get these guys to come over and talk to you and do an interview with you. And it was just an honor to be able to face them. And they, in their world of commentating, are the best. So consequently, you're all of a sudden, both of you, because you've won the race that day, you're the best there is. And you have to be careful and listen to what they say, because <laughs> you don't want to make a mistake in answering them. You make a mistake, they'll jump all over you. Yes, they do. <laughs> they would, yes. You know, that's just the facts of, I guess, being a commentary, you know, person. I couldn't have done it. I would have probably popped off the wrong question, and then I'd have had to fight my way out. The Unzer Museum. Here on the show, I always encourage listeners to take a racing vacation, especially when we have a few feet of snow on the ground. Head to a track or a museum they have never seen before. What can fans expect when they head to the Unzer Museum? Well, we think that, you know, with the race cars that are there, we cover everything. Motorcycles, we didn't race motorcycles, but... The museum has motorcycles in it, has midgets, has every type of car, NASCAR cars in there, Earnhardt's cars, Earnhardt Jr. We think it's a beautiful museum. Bobby doesn't really like our museum. Here we go on Brothers again. He didn't think it was big enough or nice enough. Well, everybody seems to think it is but him. But he says, that's your brother's. And uh, he still comes down and looks at it, so he must think it's nice, too. So <laughs> I just laugh at him. Biggest win of all your many accomplishments, is there one that really stands out? Well, I think it would be the 87 race in Annapolis when I won the, the last one. I mean, it, it's just so gratifying to have everything that, went on that month, having a ride, not having a ride, and then ended up with the guy that you really think has the ability to win the race with you. It's just, you know, the 87 race. You know, when you pick the dirt car races, I love the dirt, even though it didn't carry the prestige and the money of winning as the Indianapolis Motor Speedway does. I think every race that you enter, and you're able to win, you have that self-satisfaction of doing something that the rest couldn't do that day. So it, it makes it worthwhile. There's some more important ones, yes. Indianapolis is still the greatest spectacle in racing, and that's the one. If you're really going to pick, that's the one you want to win. That brings you the most prestige. It's like yourself. You don't say, well, how did you do it? How did you do it in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? You say, how did you do that? in and after Motor Speedway? I get asked that all the time now. Did you win in and after? Well, yes, a couple of times. <laughs> but it's self-satisfying to be able to say that you've won the greatest spectacle in racing. Your favorite driver. Every fan and driver has someone that they have always admired for their skill, 
or because of who they are or what they stood for on and off the track. Who is that special driver for you? Oh, my gosh. You're asking a question that, that there's so many. In other words, any given day, you take like Foyt, Parnelli Jones, Jim Herderbees, Jim McElreath, guys, you know, that are capable of winning, and all of them didn't win. And you say, why didn't Jim Herderbees win? And you don't really know why. You know, or Jim McElroy, there was a man that won dirt races and sprint cars and championship dirt cars, but at the speedway, he always came close. Lloyd Ruby, there was a man that should have won Indianapolis probably three, four times and never did. And you say, why? You know, what happened? And there's not an answer. You just don't, you can't pick it. It wasn't his day, wasn't his time or whatever. And then all the drivers that's been hurt and injured there, and you know, you say, well, why did that guy crash? Well, the car broke or he broke, whatever. You don't have a good enough reason of being able to say, well, he has the ability, but he just it just didn't happen. And that's just what happened back there. It's a funny place, and then when you're able to win it once, you know, and then you end up winning it four times, you ask yourself, what makes you different than the other guys? And you can't answer that. I can't. I was luckier. You can say I had the right team. You can say, you know, there's all kinds of ways of being able to point out why I won four of them. And, uh, you know, the answer is, you know, Bobby won three and Al won two. It's just unheard of, of this happening in the family at that place. The Bettenhausen. They should have, you know, and it just didn't happen. And you always wonder why. Gary had it won with Penske that year and broke, you know. So I wish I could answer that question for you. Al, I know we barely scratched the surface of your racing career. Thank you for all of the great memories, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on The Dirt Show. Well, I appreciate you calling me, and I really appreciate being able to talk to you and try to answer. I hope you and your people listen, understand what we just talked about, because it's, it's, it's a neat life and a great, great profession. Thank you. Medieval Metalworks is a 25,000-square-foot facility in Mankato specializing in CNC tube laser and bending and is the only facility in the area with those capabilities. Medieval Metalworks is a leading precision metal fabrication shop offering all the latest custom metal fabrication technologies under one roof. Whether you need a one-off custom part or thousands of parts produced for your business, contact Medieval Metalworks at 507-386-3930 or stop by and see them at 3000 Technology Drive in Mankato. Buyers Engine Service of Rochester opened its doors in 1975. Hi, this is Corey. Since 1975, we've been offering complete engine machining services and assembly. From flatheads to big blocks, wide blocks to drag race engines, and street rods to pulling tractors. Plus, Buyers Engine Service offers complete dyno service. So if your race car, or street car, is little Yee-haw! under the hood, trust the place who's been there since 1975. 
Contact Buyer's Engine Service at 507-282-5586. Gilland Enterprises is your local distributor of Justice Brothers products. Justice Brothers products reduce breakage, downtime, and increase machinery reliability, life, and performance, which increases your profits. Superior lubricants like JB80 and JB Heavy Duty Chain Lubricants are made for today's farm equipment. This family-owned America's brand for quality products has provided additives, lubricants, and cleaner to auto enthusiasts, racers, truckers, industries, and farmers for more than 80 years. Contact Gilland Enterprises, your local Justice Brothers Car Care Products distributor at 952-934-7354 or visit justicebrothers.com. Go with the winner. Gilland Enterprises and Justice Brothers. Extreme Powder Coating is your go-to to refurbish all your summer gear. From patio sets and trailers to farm equipment, Extreme can handle the smallest projects to the largest. Sandblasting on-site and powder-coat epoxy primers create the perfect base for any of their 100 top coat colors. Not only is powder coating environmentally friendly, it's the most durable finish on the market. Extreme Powder Coating looks like paint, acts like armor. Fast Shafts owner Pat Fagan is a racer himself and has been testing and building drive shafts for himself and teams all over the nation since 1992. Fast Shaft drive shafts are the number one carbon fiber, steel, chrome molly, and aluminum drive shaft builder for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9-inch forward center sections, slip yokes, rear end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more. Call Fast Shafts today. Made by racers. For racers, 800-622-6617. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round. But you don't have to drive to Knoxville, Iowa to shop in our museum store, which features the world's largest selection of sprint car merchandise. Visit us online at SprintCarStuff.com for a great assortment of books, including Bill Haglund's newest book, Two Lane Roads and County Fairs or The History of Knoxville Raceway and the Marion County Fairgrounds by Bob Wilson, or Nebraska Dirt by Bob Mays. You'll find all of these books and many more at SprintCarStuff.com, along with a great variety of racing DVDs and more Sprint Car merchandise than you could ever imagine, all at SprintCarStuff.com. So the next time you're in Knoxville, stop by the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and the next time you're at home or away from home, Visit us online at SprintCarStuff.com. Welcome back to a special segment here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Randy Queensland from Deer Creek Speedway. And Randy, when did you become interested in racing? Oh, I always enjoyed racing, just never was really involved that much. When the new track was built in 96, it kind of sparked a pretty good interest. My boys started to go, and I would go with them and take them. In the mid-90s, I would say. When does a person's mindset change from going to the track as a fan to being interested in getting involved in the race business and eventually owning a racetrack yourself? Well, it just kind of evolved a little bit. We went as a fan, and then my one son got involved in a little racing, and then, as you know, our, our other business was to sell real estate. And from that side of it, we were trying to sell the racetrack for the current owner. And so it just kind of evolved around from a fan going to a father watching to an opportunity for the whole family. 
and being involved in real estate. What do you remember when you went to the track on that final day right before the bank closing and it was going to be your track? What did you see? Well, I see an opportunity. We, we had it for sale for quite some time and almost had it sold to a couple different individuals and had really worked with the operation to learn it from the inside. And it's different from the inside than from the outside. And you look at things differently, and we were able to look at them, and we were pretty excited as a family venture to get going. As a family, once you own the track, what were the first things that you wanted to change or improve? Oh, that's a good question. We wanted to do box seats. When we purchased it, the only building there was the little building right in the flag stand, the one we call the tower. And we knew we needed to improve the seating and the suite. So that was one of the first things we wanted to do. You really have to be very proud of what you have done and the changes that you have made. Deer Creek Speedway has even been nationally recognized and awarded because of those changes. And we're pretty fortunate to win regional track of the year a couple of times and then the track of the year for RPM. That's quite an honor and we felt pretty privileged to be able to say we are one of the 44 tracks that have received that. The night we had the nationally syndicated TV show Small Town Big Deal at Deer Creek Speedway, even their hosts and crew were impressed with the facility and how great the fan turnout was that night. It was a great evening all the way around. We've been pretty blessed with some awfully good and loyal fans and we want to do the best we can for them, and they sure turn out to help support us, and we appreciate that. And I'm sure you're amazed just on a nightly basis. Who shows up in the grandstands? It's great to walk around and bump into Greg Pfeiffer, or you see Ed Sanger sitting there during a late model event, or just walk around and bump into all these retired drivers that have come out to enjoy your facility. Yeah, we feel pretty fortunate that they're willing to do that and come make it part of the show. The show's only as good as the participants that put it on and the fans that come and watch it. Randy, I'm sure many of the fans and drivers have heard Deer Creek Speedway is for sale. There is going to come a time in everyone's life when those things that they have owned and cherished need to be passed on to someone else so they can carry on. It's been 18 years this will be our 19th year and it's been a wonderful experience for the whole family all all of my family would say that all three of the sons and their wives and, and my wife but it does come a time when change is something you do in your life and it, it's that time for us we've learned a lot we've met a lot of people we treasured memories we'll never forget but it has come upon the time when we've all felt it's time for us to move on to other things. And we're going to be around for a while. We're going to run it until it does sell. And it'll always be Deer Creek Speedway. And if listeners reflect on what's changed in their life in the last 18 years, your kids have gotten older, you have grandkids now, they're all involved in activities. Everybody has so many things going on, sometimes your focus just changes. And you hit the nail on the head. My first grandchild was born the year after we bought the facility. Now she's going to be going to college this next year, and we want to spend more time with the kids. All three of the boys now have kids of their own and their families, and we have a 
I wouldn't call it a bucket list, but there's a list of things they want to do as a family besides racing. We love racing, and, you know, everybody does, but we also enjoy some other things that we're going to try to do along with it. And then we want to pass the baton on why we still aren't burnt out and still enjoying it, and we can say we're able to do that. Randy, this has to be the most unusual start to a racing season that you've ever had in your career. What are the best ways for fans to keep track of the latest track information and breaking news about Deer Creek Speedway? Well, it's probably like everyone else, you know, the website and Facebook. That way you can call the office, but I would check the website first. And we don't have a lot of answers right now. We're just like everybody else, kind of sit back and watch how things evolve here in the next few weeks and see what we have for a season. Randy, thank you for all you've done and all your family has done for racing here in southeastern Minnesota. And I certainly look forward to shaking your hand on my way out of the gate as soon as we're all able to get back to racing as usual. That's a good one. We might have to do the elbow bump or the fist bump for a while. I don't know if they'll let us shake hands for a while, but we'll hopefully get to that point. Thank you for your time and thanks for being with us here on The Dirt Show today. You're welcome. Thank you. Rhino Egg is known for being the first in flex wings. They offer a full line starting with the TS at a 10-foot cutting width for tractors as low as 30 to 60 horsepower, all the way up to a 26-foot cutting width to handle any job you throw at it. Visit rhinoag.com to see all Rhino has to offer or to find a dealer near you. Aero Race Wheels was established on the conviction that its dedicated staff could provide higher quality wheels designed specifically to endure the tough requirements and conditions of the racing industry. Most importantly, the wheels need to be manufactured and sold, maintaining an affordable price structure. Aero Racing Wheels has become the largest premier steel wheel supplier, and their product line speaks for itself. Upgrade your racing game today at aeroracewheels.com. For over 40 years, winning drivers have relied on VP Racing Fuels to optimize performance. Now get the same benefit with VP Pro-Grade Full Synthetic Oil and High Performance Lubricants. VP's goal was to develop a best-in-class racing oil that offers world-class cutting-edge technology, enhanced durability and wear protection from the street to the track. VP's got you covered with the next-generation performance. Why would you use anything but the latest technology and packing products when it comes to shipping your business products? Foam Craft Packaging in Owatonna provides a complete line of packaging materials, including foam products, pallets, crates, corrugated boxes, and much, much more. See all our different packaging options at foamcraftpackaging.com or call 455-2893. That's 455-2893. One of our brand new items for 2019, we're very excited to unleash our new 3D printed plastic trickery to our line. First part in that line is our new race receiver mounts. They're available for the Fusion or Element, and you can tie strap them to a roll bar, or we have a flat mount that you can pop rivet to your interior tin or the side of your helmet, or you can Velcro it. One of the nice features of having it on your helmet, instead of being on your seat belts or to a tube, is you can get out in a hurry and not have to worry about where your receiver is or being tied down to your belts or tied down to a tube. It's real nice to have it on the side of your helmet so you can get out of the car very fast. And as always, check us out online at wearsmachine.com or give us a call at 877-460-7211. Thank you. 
Welcome back to a special segment here on The Dirt Show, and I am joined by Tyrone from Mississippi Thunder Speedway. And Tyrone, growing up in Arcadia, Wisconsin, I'm sure the opening of Fox Ridge Speedway in 2000 had a major impact on your life as a 10-year-old boy. For sure. I remember my first race I went to was the Trioval Speedway back in 1998. My dad at the time had become... I guess partners, you could say, with Danny Hansen. I'm guessing you remember Danny Hansen. And that's kind of how I got started. I went to Trioval, I remember, in 98. wasn't too much later. Austin Fox Ridge came along. And being from Arcadia, it was pretty much irresistible to not want to go. Because if you didn't go, you had to sit and listen to them all night long. So I loved being there. I loved going to the races. That was some of my earliest memories being there. And between there and Trioval Speedway, that's basically how I got started in racing. You got any good stories about number five? Oh, yeah. I can actually remember. I grew up on Oak Valley Road, it was called. It was connected right on Highway 88 that goes almost right to Trioval at the time, now Mississippi Thunder. And Danny Hansen actually would pick me up from the end of that road and take me to the races. And I can remember a few different times going to the race with those guys, and then when the races would get done, just the stories that he would tell. There's some funny stuff, especially watching him load up the race car at the end of the night, and he would tell you, and Kathy could tell you, because he drives his car, and he always had an enclosed trailer for the most part, but... He always would drive the car in, and it'd be pretty entertaining once in a while, and he'd drive it in because he wouldn't just necessarily take it easy all the time. He'd come flying in, and Kathy would be yelling at him, and <laughs> it was all fun stuff, and he'd always have that smile on his face. So he was a great guy. He's, you know, he really taught me a lot about racing, especially after the races, too, just the camaraderie you learn with people, the relationships you build with drivers and fans and you know, other crew members. And, I mean, that's the thing that drives me the most with all this racing stuff is, you know, the on-track stuff and doing all the promoting is awesome, but it's the relationships that you build with your sponsors and you build with drivers and fans. That's the stuff that makes you want to come back and do it year after year. How did you go from a fan to becoming involved with Mississippi Thunder Speedway? Back in, I believe it was 2014, Chris Ops was the race director at the time at Mississippi Thunder Speedway, and I was friends with Chris. And he had asked me if I wanted to come on and be an official. So I actually ended up, I remember at the time, it was my girlfriend, now my wife, Ashley. Uh, I remember telling her, hey, I got an opportunity to be an official at the racetrack. And she was kind of like, well, you know, we already got a lot of stuff going on. You work a lot. And I was like, oh, just come on. This is something I've always wanted to do. And it won't be that big of a deal. It's a little extra money in our pocket, which, I mean, really is nothing to do. But I was like, it's a couple bucks. I want to go there all the time anyway. So I started out doing that, being a corner official, and then 2015, I became flagman actually at the Speedway, and then in 2016, jumped to race director, as Chris Ops moved on, and then was race director for a couple of years, and then took over for promoter at the end of 2018, and, and now kind of where I'm at right now, so it's all kind of happened fast, but it's been fun. I mean, I've learned a ton. Chris has taught me a ton. Chris Ops was awesome. He was really supportive of me jumping on and, you know, to, to be the flag man when I was and then to be the race director. He was the first one I told Bob that he thought I'd be perfect for the job. And, and then once things got rolling, then Bob thought I'd be good to be promoter. So it was, I mean, it was awesome. It's been a fun ride. And I can't thank Bob enough for everything he's taught me. And I really can't thank Chris Apps actually enough for everything that he's taught me to get me in the door right away. And it got me to where I'm at now. One thing I've noticed about Mississippi Thunder Speedway is no one on the staff has the, oh, it's good enough attitude. You are always thinking of new ideas, bringing in new racing series, and continually working on the facility to make it that much better for the drivers and fans. We take the approach that each year we try to find something to make it better, whether it be 
different series coming in or mixing series together, bringing in new dirt like we did this last fall. Actually, it's kind of funny. My wife, she started working at the racetrack this last year, too, just working in the back gate, but now she's even been helping out with some of the apparel stuff. You know, it's just all kinds of different things. And we're always trying to improve little ways. It might not be huge things, but it's minor things, but maybe someday we can make some really big changes, you know, because financially it's tough sometimes to sit here and do all the things you really want to do. I mean, I'd love to have just a million dollars to throw around, and, man, we just all kinds of things we could do then, but we don't, so we're trying to just keep picking away at things and find other ways, you know, cheaper avenues to keep improving it and just make the fan experience better, make the driver experience everything better for everyone. So when they come back year after year, they keep saying, oh, that's new and that's new, and it makes everything better. It makes everything more fun for everyone when they know each year they might have a little something newer and better and, and we get these ideas usually from other people they'll tell us you know we got an idea for this and not that we don't always listen to every idea but we you know we might take bits and pieces of ideas and then make it into kind of our own and it works out the kids when i was a kid i went to the track with mom and dad now you can join the kids club ride the fan bus meet the drivers you are doing a lot of great stuff building the fan base for the future yeah, and, you know, like you said, it goes back to just talking about how I got started. Like I said, back in 1998, I remember being eight years old, being at the track, and I remember how cool it was when you get to interact with a driver. And I even tell guys now how I'm personally a fan first, you know, then the promoting stuff all comes after. And, you know, a lot of these guys don't realize they were my heroes. They were guys I looked up to and liked watching and enjoyed the entertainment that they would put out. And now... You know, I get to work kind of side by side, and they still think, ah, oh, you know, it's for just a regular guy, and they are. But at the same time, they still, to me, have that superstar mentality to me where it's, it's cool just to interact with them. And we want that same thing for future generation kids to be able to enjoy. And like I said, if they're anything like me, they don't want to hang out with the drivers, just even get an autograph or saying hi to them, that's a big deal. And let alone getting to see a whole bunch of them all lined up for autographs or you get to go back by the pits. And just going on the racetrack with a kids bus, I know is really cool. A lot of kids... I've grown up now for the last couple of years have said that it was a really cool experience that they've never forgotten. And that's stuff that we want to do. And maybe they'll grow up and they'll be big race fans or they'll be race car drivers because of that stuff. The death of driver Casey Knutson over the winter. What a great young man. I interviewed him a few years ago on a dirt show. The outpouring of fans and fellow drivers alike really showed that the racing community is one big family. Yeah, it was it was really tough losing Casey this off season, that's for sure. And we're trying to do that memorial race for him. Hopefully we're gonna be able to you'll get that along here soon and it's one of those things where I, I hate that we have to have a memorial race for something like that. You know, Casey was supposed to be around with us for a long time before we'd ever do a race like that for him, but it's awesome though, the outpouring that there's been. Um there's been a ton of support. We've gotten a ton of donations towards the K Town Clash. He was a great kid. You always say that this guy was a good guy, you know, stuff like that when people pass, but he truly he truly was something special. He would always put a smile on people's faces no matter who it was. And even if he had a bad night, he still always got out of the car and like with a smile on his face. Me personally, I can I have quite a few laughs I've shared with him. He wasn't a close friend of mine. We were friends, but he was close friends with other uh, friends of mine and he was around enough to where you couldn't miss him when he was around, that's for sure. He always had a he had a laugh and a smile that was infectious. Speaking of one big family, what we're all facing right now, we will get through this together and be stronger and more appreciative of our friends and family when it all passes. 
Oh, I absolutely agree. I think it's going to make us actually appreciate stuff like racing even more because you know how fragile it can be. Something just like this, it can all be taken away. It makes you disappreciate life in general. Anything can happen. And you know, actually, it's funny. My sister, she's got Guillain-Barre syndrome. She's actually recovering now, but she's been in the hospital here for the last couple months. She's even finally able just to stand up. It kind of paralyzes your body, basically. She can just finally stand again. And little things like that, we take for granted every day that you can stand up and be healthy and all the sickness stuff, like you said, it just reminds you that anything can be taken away at any time. Appreciate everything we got, and when all this stuff comes back, let's just go out and enjoy it with all our family and friends, and hopefully it'll be really good times ahead. Tyrone, after this is all over, I don't even think people will complain about lines at the concession stands. No, I mean, I, it's funny. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a huge sports fan, too, and right now, I mean, I'm, I'm dying for live entertainment, I'll be honest. Just even the video game racing right now on TV I'm watching because it's something live at least and it's happening now. And, yeah, I mean, we're we're going to take nothing for granted anymore. A 20-minute line for a concession stand will seem like nothing now. Tyrone, I know everybody's starved for the latest information and any breaking news. What is the best way to keep up with all the breaking news and information on Mississippi Thunder Speedway? best place to go to is MississippiThunder.com. Check out all our stuff there. We got our Facebook page, Mississippi Thunder Speedway. We got our Twitter stuff and Instagram. We don't push that quite as hard, but MississippiThunder.com and our Facebook page, those two, we pump them all the time and try to keep fans up to date with what's going on, and hopefully uh, we'll have some good updates on when our race season will be starting here. Tyrone, we will be talking throughout the season as soon as things are ready to get going, and we'll keep everybody on The Dirt Show up to date. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on The Dirt Show. Yeah, appreciate it, Clayton. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Let me tell you, friends, about our store. It's a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs, from chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna Total Source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Now is the perfect time to schedule that spring chemical application, lawn aeration, or landscape project. Wolf & Sons Yard Service also provides spring yard waste cleanup to get those branches and leaves off your grass for a beautiful lawn this season. Contact Wolf & Sons today at 455-3524. They even provide recycled asphalt for your driveway or crushed rock for driveways or to widen those field driveways for your larger equipment. That's Wolf & Sons, 455-3524. If you're in need of a worry-free power lift door, then you'll want to stop and talk with Rod French. Make a statement with a PowerLift architectural door on your home or cabin. PowerLift doors can be retrofitted to fit an existing door opening or designed into your next commercial, agricultural, livestock, or aircraft hangar build. Stylish, functional, and built to last. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing are made locally in Dodge Center, Minnesota by their experienced craftsmen. Contact Kelly or Rod. PowerLift doors by French's Manufacturing. 374-9306. Coles Electric in Oatana is there whether it's a small or large product with state-of-the-art technology ensuring a professional job will be done every time. Coles Electric services include new construction, design and build, lighting design and installation, remodel work, high voltage, and PLCs. Coles other services include generator sales, security systems, infrared cameras, directional boring systems, underground trenching, plowing, cable location, vacuum excavation, pulse setting, boom truck, and 24-hour on-call emergency service. That's Coles Electric in Owatonna. Licensed, bonded, insured, and offering free estimates. Napa Auto Parts. 
has provided parts to people of this community for a long time. We're here when you need us, and you're here for us. Together, we've fought wars, braved blizzards, tackled economic crises, and whipped some nasty diseases. We're in the middle of a battle like we've never seen before, but we will persevere because we'll do it together. So stay strong and keep your head high. Napa, nationally known, locally owned, and a proud member of the local community. Welcome back to a special segment here on The Dirt Show brought to you by our title sponsor, Pulver's Towing, and I am joined by Josh. And Josh, we know springtime, the ground is soft, and eventually somebody out there, whether it's a farmer, a construction worker, somebody trying to get some landscaping done, is going to get stuck. And you have a piece of equipment that can get them out in hours instead of days. Yeah, that's correct. We got three pieces of equipment that are mobile. We call them our off-road recovery units. It's a winch box is what is referred to in the industry. We have them in southeast Minnesota and southwest Minnesota. We've already done several recoveries on construction sites and some of the guys' agriculture starting to get things ready, moving seed around. We've already helped out and the equipment's already been in use and we're ready to go. And guys that have got something stuck, they'll get a tractor out there and then they'll get another unit stuck. And they'll spend hours or days with multiple people trying to get a piece of equipment out. You can actually show up with this piece of equipment, which what I was told when people first see it go, you got to be kidding. That's not going to get our unit out. But it's basically like anchoring to an oak tree in the center of a cornfield and applying all the winch pressure right to it. Yeah, we use the ground as leverage. Not very often do we have to counter off of something, but it does happen. But basically we're using the ground as leverage. We put camber into the unit and it deploys straight to the ground, which allows us to have the leverage over the casualty, which is the stuck unit. And really the recovery is a matter of takes us longer to unload the equipment than load the equipment and get there than it does to actually perform the recovery. What it does is when we can come out into a field and get you going and rolling, it saves you time. You can get back to doing what you need to do. You don't have to borrow the neighbor's equipment or get other equipment off of other jobs that they're doing to get the crop in. We come out there in a matter of minutes and we get you back rolling with little impact to the ground. You know, when you start bringing all that other equipment out and start sinking all that in, now you got a mess that ain't going to produce anything for you. We come out there with very little impact to the soil, to the area, so we can get back rolling again. And the other thing you'll find out about Pulver's Towing is the experience and the experts running the equipment. Equipment is only as good as the operator. That's exactly right. I mean, we use our guys in training. We're continuing to train all the time. We're always in-house training, sending guys off to training. We lean on other companies around the area that have experienced something. We all talk. We understand what's going on. Hey, we had this situation. We look at the pictures. We learn from each other as we just continue to educate ourselves and each other in the industry and get better at what we do every day. You also have four locations. Yep, that's correct. They're in Rochester, Fulda, Worthington, and Marshall, Minnesota. And we do branch off with one in Stewartville as well. So we're ready to go all the time at a moment's notice, 24-7, 365. So it don't matter the day or time of night. Farmers are working throughout the evening to get their stuff in. Sometimes they go 24 hours a day. We're ready to go as, as well. And it don't matter if it's Easter Sunday or whatever day it is, Mother's Day, we're ready to go. Josh, you have an awesome website. What is that site? And also, what is the main phone number? Because they should have that on speed dial. 
Yeah, paulvertowing.com, and you can go ahead and look at all our services, see pictures, see our locations. Our main phone number is 507-282-3851. Simply adding cookies, barbecue sauce is sure to make meat taste better. But when you really want to hit a home run, try one of my approved recipes. Speed the Sauce Man here, and I've got a bunch of easy-to-make creations at cookiesbbq.com. Barbecue meatloaf, Grandma Elmo's broiler burgers. Heck, I'll even tell you the secret to Speed's racks of ribs. It's all at cookiesbbq.com. Hey, smart cookies use cookies barbecue sauce. Anything less is meat abuse. Cookies is the one. Hi, this is Bobby Enser, and you're listening to The Dirt Show. Company vehicles get a workout, and they also see a lot of road miles. Midwest Collision in Faribault knows that the more those company vehicles are on the road, the more chances things can happen. Contact Bob today at Midwest Collision and set up a program for your fleet to get back to looking like a fleet you can be proud to own. Contact Midwest Collision in Faribault today for all your fleet body work or collision needs. This is Johnny Gibson, announcer for the World Outlaw Sprint Car Series, and you're listening to The Dirt Show. Have you ever been stuck? I mean, really stuck. This is Darcy from Pulver Towing. Over the years, we've been called to fields and job sites where they've spent days trying to free a piece of equipment from the muck. If you don't have time to wait, call Pulver Towing. Our towing experts will have you out in hours instead of days. With locations in Rochester, Worthington, Fulda, and Marshall, if you're stuck, call Pulver Towing today. This is Rick Agersdorf, late model driver. You're listening to The Dirt Show. When we say we are the area's grain storage product leader, we mean it and international steel erectors. Here at our Old Town location, we carry MFS Stormore, Green Handler Dryers, and Star Buildings. The addition of our NASCO equipment location in Fairmont adds GSI, Balin, Zimmerman, and Farm Fan Dryers, and many other grain system products to our product lineup. Contact us today at International Steel Erectors, 507-451-3448, or check out our new website at International steelerectors.com. Hi, this is Johnny Parsons, a third driver of the number 12 UMSS non-wing sprint car, and you're listening to The Dirt Show with Clayne Duchesne. Honda has found a way to make the great outdoors even greater with special offers on select 4Trax ATVs. Our lineup of tireless 4Trax ATVs are designed to tackle the toughest jobs and leave you with enough energy to enjoy a ride once the work is done. And now get up to $800 factory-to-dealer incentives on select models. Just head to Trimble Cycle Center in Austin now during the Greater Outdoors Sales Event and make this your best year outdoors yet. Factory-to-dealer incentives are good with select new and unregistered models. See dealer for complete program details. Trimble Cycle Center in Austin. Celebrating 60 years as USA's second oldest Honda dealer. This is Gerhard Wallenberg. You're tuned in to The Dirt Show. Hello, this is Jack Shear, and you're listening to The Dirt Show. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to The Dirt Show. See you at the races.